read the, the scripture passage for today together. If you would, Galatians 5, 20 through, 22 through 25. Galatians 5, 22 through 25. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. All right. Uh, at this time, kids can go to kids' church. And then uh, if the ushers will come forward for offering. Almighty God, thank you for all you've done for us. Thank you for the many blessings in our lives, Lord. Thank you for the way you've worked in our lives to create a new heart that draws closer to you through music, through fellowship, through prayer, and your written word. Lord, help us to use these tithes and offerings to glorify you through this community and the world. Lord, throughout all of our mission fields that we support. In Jesus Christ's name I pray. All right, you guys can go ahead and do that. And I'll start with some of the announcements. And just to give you a heads up, if you don't worry, I'm not preaching this morning. Um, districts. Districts is the 12th through the 14th, so please be in prayer about that. These kids, it touches their hearts, draws them closer to Jesus with fellowship, and there's some really good speakers there that can break down barriers. Uh, there's a lot of stuff in the bulletin. I'm not going to go through each and everything. Um, there's many ways to get it online. The TV screen's out there. It's in your written in your bulletin. Um, the weekend for the... <clears throat> excuse me. Let me regroup here. The weekend... The candidate weekend for Pastor Stephen and his family is the end of the month. Uh, the breakfast on Saturday is going to be changed to uh, co-ed. So, guys, we can't we can't uh, come and have good breakfast without our wives. So, all right, I heard that. Okay, prayers. Uh, we need to pray for Pastor Adam for healing. Pastor Stephen and his family about opening doors to be able to come here and prepare our hearts for his coming. Okay, I did the Saturday breakfast. The kids are gone to church. Prayer and offering is done. So at this time, I will turn it over to Pastor Adam. Well, good morning, WCC. If you are watching this, it is because I do not want the rhino to come to your home. And so... We're taping this ahead of time, just in case. Um, thank you for all your prayers. Maybe some of you didn't know that I've been battling this for a couple of weeks, but um, we're going to still go through our passage of Scripture because it's so important. I do want to remind you of a couple of things. If you did not get one of these sheets that talk about our candidates, Stephen and Jenny, please do so. And there are a couple of things on the backside of it that are changing. So on Friday of that weekend, January 26th through the 28th, 
and that Friday is a meet and greet. And we're asking the congregation that if you could bring in some finger foods and maybe some Wisconsin finger foods, um, that would be great. That'll be from five to eight here in the lobby. It's a come and go. It's a stand up kind of thing. And so if you could bring in some finger foods, that would be great. The other change is on Saturday morning is our typical men's breakfast. We're going to make that co-ed. We're going to make it co-ed. But to help Gary, who is our cook, um, ladies, if you're planning on coming in, um, if there's something that you can bring, please get a hold of Gary Oshesky and let him know. That will help him in his planning. And, of course, you're going to have to sign up under the men's breakfast uh, sign up at the Welcome Center, but please do so. So those are two changes that are there. Another thing is, as I go through this this morning, it's probably really important to pick up a bulletin and on the back cover, on the back cover, um, there is the sermon outline. And I will try to follow that very closely this morning as we go to the Word of God. So let's start with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'll be with my voice this morning. As I walk through this passage of scripture that is so important for us to understand, Lord Jesus, it gives us the way to live our lives as those who follow after you. And so, Lord, guide us through this passage that Paul is speaking to the Galatian churches and speaking to us today. We pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Your blessings on this time. Amen. Amen. So if you have your Bibles, you want to take them out and go to Galatians chapter 5, and we're going to be starting at verse 16. But I always like to give a little bit of review because in Galatians, as we've studied, chapter 1 and 2 is about the man, Paul. Chapters 3 and 4 are about the message, the gospel. And then chapters 5 and 6, which we started last week, is about the manner, the manner of life, how we live our manner of life. And last week, the main point was, is one of the ways that we live our lives is now my favorite verse in Galatians, verse 10 of chapter 5. It says, I am confident in the Lord that you will take no other view. That's the first part of the verse. And that no other view is, is that there is no salvation other than through Jesus Christ. There is nothing to be added, nothing to be taken away. It is only through Jesus Christ. And as we read through that passage of scripture, um, he uses the illustration of this race and this path that we are on. And that path is that there is no other view than our salvation is in Jesus Christ. Now, our faith in that is expressed on one side by love. And we saw that in verse 6. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressed itself through love. And then on the other side of that lane is how that love is expressed or manifest. And we saw that in verse 13. You, my brothers, were created to be free. but Do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. So that's the way that we live. As a church, as a Christian, we have a view that Christ only for salvation. And it's, it comes out of love, his love for us. And, and it's shown in our serving of others, serving of others. I couldn't help but look at that and see our three M's. Our message is Jesus. Our message is Jesus. And our motive, the motive that's come to us and the motive that we express it is love. And then 
our method is discipleship and discipleship is serving one another. It's being with one another. It's being servants of one another. And so there's our three M's from our purpose statement of our constitution. So let's go into the scripture, verse 16. So I say, live by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. So some important verbs here. This first one says, live by the spirit. Some other versions might say, walk by the spirit. That means your habit of life, you, the progress of your life is to live by the spirit, live by the spirit. We've said this before that in Galatians, sometimes you'll get one verse just like that. But in Romans, if you go back to Romans, he expands on it. So we're going back to Romans chapter eight, verses nine, starting verse nine. You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the spirit. In the spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin. Yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through the spirit who lives in you. And that life is spiritual life. Verse 12. Therefore, brothers, we have an obligation, but it's not to the sinful nature to live according to it. For if we live according to the sinful nature, you will die. You will spiritually die. That's me adding that. But if by the spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. You will spiritually live eternal life. That's me adding again. Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the Spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the Spirit of sonship. And, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we are also shared in his glory. There is that we are to live by the Spirit. We are to live by the Spirit, not by the deeds of the flesh. Um, I put another verses on your on your on your past or outline here, First Corinthians chapter six. And uh, this relates a little farther down in the passage, but he gives us this admonition. First uh, Corinthians chapter six, and then starting at verse nine. First Corinthians six, starting at verse nine, when it says, "Do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor male prostitutes, nor homosexual offenders, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor the drunkards, nor slanders, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God." We're going to read that. A little later in Galatians, but you were washed. Why these these kind of people are not going to inherit the kingdom of God? But then he says, and that was some, and that was some of I can't say it, and that is what some of you were. Why is it past tense? Then he tells us, but you were washed by God. You were sanctified by God. You were justified 
in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. We are to live by the Spirit. That is to be our habit. That is to be the projection, the progress of our lives, is to live by the Spirit. Let's go back to our passage, verse 17. Just some a simple statement here. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other so that you do not do what you want. It's simply saying the the simple nature and living by the Spirit are like oil and water. Or another illustration from the scriptures is when God, Jesus says, you cannot serve both God and mammon. It's not possible. It's not possible to do both of them. Therefore, we go to the second verb, verse 18. But if you are led by the Spirit, we're to live by the Spirit. Now we're to be led by the Spirit. You are not under the law. Now that word led, um, the word means to be led like an animal. So like you're a donkey and there's a, a rein on you and, and, and you've got a master and the master is leading you along. You're tethered to the master. You're going whatever direction your master is going. He is leading you. We are to be not only have this habit of living by the spirit of walking with the spirit, but we are to be led by the spirit that we are, we are following in the footsteps of the spirit. Now, Verse 19 is kind of like, uh, uh, it, it goes back to verse 13. Verse 13 says, you brothers were called to live to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge in sinful nature. There's one side. Rather, serve one another in love. There's the other side. So when we get to verse 19, now he's going to describe what sinful nature is. He says, the acts of sinful nature are obvious. Are obvious. That word obvious means that some version might say evident, uh, apparent, manifest, known. These are known. And, and then he lists them out. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery. Idolatry and witchcraft. Hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy. Drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Not inherit the kingdom of God. On your sheet there, I have a a list, a list of different um, a list of different lists in the Bible where the Bible just lists out obvious sins, obvious sins. So the only one I'm going to read here is uh, Mark. Mark chapter 7, verses 20 through 23. And I'm picking out this one specifically because this is Jesus says this. He went on, meaning Jesus went on. What comes out of the man is what makes him unclean. For from within, out of the man's heart, and here comes a list, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All these evils come from inside and make a man unclean. I put down those lists there because so you can see that the Bible at times lists out, and this is not exhaustive, lists out sins that are obvious, that are evident to us. 
evident to us. So that just running down these pretty quickly, the, the first three deal with this sexual nature, the sexual nature. So he says sexual immorality is the first one. And that's a very general term. And it's a general term he uses here to relate to anything that is outside of biblical marriage. What is biblical marriage? Biblical marriage is between one man and one woman, woman, and the relationships that they have with each other. That is the only acceptable relationship is that one. So he says, it's obvious, this one. Then he goes to impurity and impurity is, 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 is this, uh, within from the heart, from the mind, um, a lust in this sexual area. And then the third one is debauchery. And debauchery is a term that means in excess. And so, but he's put it with this sexual desires that there's a, in, in excess of the desire. Um, and, and in a sense, it's like there's no shame at this point. There's no shame in, in stepping outside of what God says is to be spiritually pure. I, I looked at this list and I thought, well, sexual immorality, that, that one it could be two or more. Um, impurity, um, that could be an inside thing, but the debauchery, boy, that involves a lot of people, a lot of people. So he says these things are evident. Now, the next two deal with the spiritual. Spiritual, he says, idolatry. That's the worship of false gods. That's the worship of any other god than God. And then he says witchcraft. Witchcraft, um, it deals with occult type of practices. The word actually, uh, we get our word pharmacy from it. So lots of times those things dealt with drugs or mind altering things that made us, uh, that made people look for some other answer than God. He says these things are evident. Then the next eight deal with sin, um, with the social nature, with the social, with our interaction with one another. What a list. Hatred. That's being hostile toward another. Discord. That's being having contention toward another. Jealousy. That's resentment toward another. Now I'll stop right there and say, you know, some of these, these three could be all in the mind, could be all in the mind, but then watch. Next one. Fits of rage. That's sudden blow ups. Now it's, it's going out of the mind. It's come out of the mouth. Next one, selfish ambition. That's when you're plotting or executing to dominate another. Next one is dissensions. That's when you're creating divisions. Now notice here, now you start pulling it. Maybe the first three were in your mind. The, the next ones were, were coming out of you. But now dissensions creating divisions. Now that's including others. Now you're including others into this game. The next one is uh, factions. That's creating sides to take, to conquer. And then envy. That's where you carry the grudges out to destroy. He's going down through this list and he's saying, these things are evident. These things are apparent. And then the last two, the last two, uh, deal with sin open to sight. I mean, so it's very public, very public drunkenness, he says. Intoxication. Um, lots of times we think about alcohol, but it could be other kinds of drugs 
and things like that, but it's open to the public. The whole public sees it. It's, it's, it's a disgrace when you see it. And then the last one, orgies and the like. And these, of course, it goes back to the sexual nature, but these are open displays of sin. Open displays of sin. Now, he finishes that off when he says, I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Live like this. That means that you practice this. This, that this is a continual, uh, habitual action that you are doing. These people will not inherit. Why will they not inherit the kingdom of God? Because their heart has not been changed. Their heart has not been changed by God. Now, if you're going to a golden keeper class, at this point, you're going you're gonna to look at this, the two things here. Well, we live in a world where these things that the Bible says are evident are not so evident. They don't look at them as evident or obvious anymore. What do we do about that? How do we respond to that when the world that we live in sees these things as being more normal and normal and normal? And then the next one is the church. Some churches, some places, where these things that God says are evidently wrong are not so evidently wrong anymore. How do we deal with that? Now back to the passage, because that was just the first part of verse 13, that we are not to indulge in sinful nature. The second part is rather serve one another in love. We go to verse 22, and you say the word but. Everybody say the word but. But, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now we have the second part of the equation. The first three, the first three deal with God or our, our God word, our God word. Our first fruit of the Spirit is love. And we, we can only love because he first loved us. We have this love, this respect, this devotion, this affection for our God. The next one is joy. And why do we have joy? Because God has given us, his children, uh, divine promises. So even in the roughest of times, even in the roughest of times, even when in the greatest despair, the Christian has these divine promises that God has prepared a place for you if you are one of his children. And then the third one is peace. And where does this peace come from? It comes, again, from God. This peace that we have with God, that we are in a right relationship with God. So those are the first three, God-word. The second three are man-word. So they're pointing toward man. And, and the first one is patience. Well, when do you need patience? Well, you need patience when it's not easy. When it's tough. And so patience is the ability to endure through the tough times. The next one is kindness. Kindness. That's a tender concern for others. And the third one is goodness. Goodness. That's a morality, a morality in action that is being played out. And who's it being played out in front of? In front of others. And then we get to the last three. The last three point to us. Point more to ourselves 
And the first one is faithfulness. Faithfulness, that, that's a word for trustworthiness. I'm a trustworthy person. The next one is gentleness. That word means humility. That I have a, a meek attitude uh, in situations. And then the last one is self-control. Self-control is the restraining of passions so that I'm following by the Spirit. He's saying this is the fruit of the Spirit. This is, this is the picture of someone whose heart has been changed by God. By God. Now, back to our passage, verse 24. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. On your sheet there, crucified, it, you have nailed them to the tree. Just as Jesus was nailed to the tree. It reminded me of chapter 3, verse 1. If you go back there, you foolish generation, uh, Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Christ Jesus was clearly portrayed as crucified. Just as clearly portrayed as Christ was crucified on a tree, we are to crucify our sinful natures on the tree. On the tree. Verse 25, back to our passage. Since we live by the Spirit, and he used a little different word there. Live meaning as we breathe. Just as natures are breathing, we live by the Spirit. Let us keep in step with the Spirit. So here's a, uh, another verb. Let us keep in step with the Spirit. That keep in step is like a soldier. That we are in a rank. You know, soldiers are in a line and they are uh, spaced out just so far from one another. And it's very methodical what they are doing. And so they are there. We are walking like soldiers after the Spirit. Now, here's where it, in your going deep classes, you might answer the question, how? How do I live or walk by the Spirit? How do I be led by the Spirit? I'm tethered to the Master. How do I, how do I uh, keep in step with the Spirit like a soldier in this rank? How do I do that? I mean, practically, how do I do that as a Christian? What things need to be put in place in my life so that my focus is not on the sinful nature, but it is on the Spirit, and I'm being led by Him. And then Paul ends it this way. Verse 26. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. I put on your sheet, this is the wrong climate for spiritual growth. If this is what's happening in a church, if this is what's happening between Christians, it's the wrong environment, atmosphere for spiritual growth to happen. Um, if, if I, I jotted down a couple notes here. If, if the idea is conceded, what's in it for me? I mean, if that's the whole idea, coming into a church or being a part of church by, what's in it for me? What's in it for me? Or the second part, provoking and envying each other. What if the focus is just the whole idea of pointing fingers at other people? And you're pointing fingers at other people to elevate yourself. That's the wrong atmosphere for spiritual maturity to happen in body believers. So let me end with the right atmosphere. 
You're going to have to flip over to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. Ephesians 4, 29. Listen to these words. This is the right atmosphere for spiritual growth, for a body of believers to be led by the Spirit. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. And only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of, here's a list, all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Here's the right atmosphere. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just in as in Christ God forgave you. Chapter 5. Be imitators of God. Therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice of God. That's the right atmosphere. So our first manner of life is to stay on this path. The salvation is by Christ alone. It's seen through, expressed out of our love, and our love is expressed by serving one another. Second manner of life is that we crucify the sinful nature. We crucify the sinful nature by being led by the Spirit. And I pray this morning, these are tough words to read, really tough words to read, maybe convicting words. And when words convict me, I confess. I, I get on my hands and knees before God. I go to that person. Who, who maybe I have done some of these things too. And I ask for forgiveness because I do not want to be led by the sinful nature. I want to be led by the Spirit, by the Spirit this day. So let me close with prayer. Let me use maybe some of these words from the scriptures in our prayer. Heavenly Father, I pray that we as a church would be led by the Spirit. Lord, that those who encounter this body of believers would sense a love and a service of one another. And I pray too that that we would be a fragrant offering, not only to you, but Lord to others. And that they would see, they would see, Lord, that we are walking in the steps of someone, maybe they don't even know right now. We are walking in the steps of someone that is countercultural, and maybe even countercultural in the church setting in these days. Lord, convict our hearts. If we are on the wrong side of this equation, these things that are evident, make them evident to us again. We ask this in your precious. No holy name. Amen. Pray God's blessing on your day. Thanks for listening to your raspy old pastor. God bless. Just a few things as we close here. One is prayers. Please pray for Pastor Adam and healing. So it was a good message. So help it to seep into your hearts. And think about it, how we can change and do our walk 
better. If you've got any questions about the new pastor, anything, please reach out to one of the elders. There's two of us here today, Forrest and myself, and we would be glad to answer any questions. We are going to put up a paper together that kind of answers the generic ones. So we'd like you to take the time and really put it on your hearts. Uh, for me, I got back into church because I heard somebody give a challenge. And a 12-week challenge it was, which is kind of hard. So I'd like to challenge you to a four-week challenge. To be in church and serve in your church. So those are kind of some of my prayer requests for the week. So let's close in prayer and go off to have some good coffee and cookies. Almighty God, thank you for everything you've done for us. Thank you for this message. Thank you for Pastor Adam and his heart for the flock. So Lord, please be with us and guide us. Open our hearts and let us see how sin keeps us from being closer to you. In Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen.